Well, good morning. You made it. You braved the cold, the snow. You're here. Yay. Welcome. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm a pastor here. Uh, this week, what we're doing is we're continuing our series called Rooted in Faith. And what we've been doing or what we're going to do for these next two months is encourage you to let the practices of a follower of Jesus sink down deep into your life. Not just have it be something you do on Sundays, not something you just try for a while, but this series is meant to get you rooted in a life change and decision that sticks. Now, it might be like something of the past to think like something that sticks forever, like really? Something lasts forever? But there are absolutely some things that I know that have like happened in your life that have stuck with you forever, like wearing clothes, right? Daily, I, I hope, right? You started doing it and now it's just part of your routine. Eating food, right? Like you get hungry and your body craves it. It's it's what you do regularly or sleeping. Like I'm personally like on a sleep withdrawal. I've had sick kids and all my body wants to do is sleep and I keep falling asleep in different situations. But these are like kind of bodily examples, right? Like this, that just naturally kind of happen. But maybe you've added something else into your life and your life is rooted in it. Like caffeine intake, right? You tried coffee or Coke, as in Coca-Cola, and now you're hooked for life and you need it to get by in your day. Or listening to music, right? Like, you just need background noise to make your mood better. Or chocolate. Like, if I go a day without chocolate, my body tells me, and I instantly start eating M&Ms or buying M&Ms or finding them. These are things that, like, we don't just try to take in. We've either intentionally or not trained our body to need and rely on them in this series what we're doing is we're addressing the things a christian trains and relies on not just tries to do but understands their faith needs and relies on these things to keep themselves rooted things like engaging with the bible or praying or worshiping god or raising your family in faith serving being a part of a church community and sharing your faith anyone good at all of these Hey, I love the honesty in church, right? Anybody have a reliance on them as this, that's about the same as your coffee addiction, right? No one, right? How about this question? Anyone noticeably not done a lot of these, but still experienced this consistent closeness to God? Maybe temporarily, consistently? No way, right? They are a must to keep us rooted in faith or in a growing faith. I want them as a Christian. I want these things. I want them to be evident in my life. So much so that I wouldn't mind if someone was like, Aaron, I love like seeing you carry your big old Bible. Go you. Or you're always sharing your faith, Aaron. Or like, wow, like you're such a man of a pr- of prayer. I love hearing that. I know it's not about hearing those things, but selfishly, I wouldn't mind if someone said that to me. But if I'm real and raw with you, when I like look at that list and reflect personally, my reading of the Bible is serving in prayer life and leading my family in faith. I think I got work to do. I got work to do to get rooted. And I can get down to myself because I've tried them. I've tried a lot of these things and kind of just flopped and failed at times and just stopped. Yet we discussed a Christian person doesn't just try them once. We see that in Scripture God wants us to train with them towards having these practices be a part of our life. You might be thinking, whoa, 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 a Christian? A Christian has to do something? Like, I thought it was just simply accepting this free gift of Jesus. Now I have to train or do something? And you're absolutely right. A Christian is someone who has accepted this free gift of salvation from Jesus. Accepting and believing that the sacrifice of his life for our wrong is needed. 
It's something you can never earn or do on your own actions, even, even if you're perfect at all of these things. But that belief in Jesus is also being one who understands Jesus' forgiveness is needed in life because you know you've missed the mark in some of these areas of life. And you believe Jesus' ideals for life are the perfect model for what your life should be like. So a Christian, believing in Jesus is someone who knows they should be living out his ways, his practices, and looking to his source of truth the way he did to get close to God. So whether we're mentally trying to do that list like daily or not, they're all something a person aligned with God should be training towards because it's the ideals of God and we see Jesus prioritized it. Although, again, we never will be perfect at these today or even 20 years from now, but somehow in eternity, we will. God, God will eventually make us holy and be perfect at living out all these because of his power within us. But the reason we're talking about it today and, and training to do these now is we can kind of have a bit of a selfish motivation to pursue them because we can start to experience some of the holy things he desired for our lives since day one through training in these practices. They are what help us get closer to God's vision of that holiness. Now, when you make that decision to follow Jesus, you inevitably enter into training with these things. Don't worry, it's not like some hardcore training plan like Hal Higdon's marathon plan. That was mine I did like years ago. Uh, or it's not signing you up for like P90X or, or, Beach, or Billy's Boot Camp. Like anyone do that one? Or, or like, it's not like Insanity or the Beach Bot. It's not some CrossFit guru. It's not like an intense, hardcore training plan like that that literally kills your body and every motivation in you. Uh, it's not like that. That's not how God works. He's going to push you to be more sanctified or holy. But the pursuit and training he'll prompt in you is out of your desire. And our desire should be one that's ready to reach the prize and practices of life God intends for us. So we train. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but do it for an eternal prize. Uh, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So a Christian trains in these holy practices. As we sit here today and we look at that list again, are you training towards them? Are they a part of your life? This week, what we're talking about is we're training towards the habit of prayer and praying. We're going to answer a lot of questions today, such as like, why pray, how to pray, and how to start doing it to experience closeness to God. But before we even do that, I'm just going to kind of vent with you for a second of what is it even, right? Like, really, what is prayer? Our culture today, it, we love to talk about it, and not just like serious Christians talk about it, but there's tons of popular culture about praying and prayers. Like, there's songs, like, in the 80s, like, you got, like, Bon Jovi, living on a prayer, right? Like it's a popular song. Oh, we're halfway there. We're going to live on a prayer. As in we're going to like take a leap of faith in this relationship together. We're living, we're living it out. We're risking it. Or maybe Sam Smith. He He's a song like this. It's called Pray. He says, I've never believed in you, no, but I'm going to pray. Like people sing these songs that aren't 
faith-oriented people, but they're still going to pray? Like, what? Why? And he, what he's talking is about is it's we essentially all end up calling out to God, like, what's going on, God? We all end up praying at some point. Why? Why is this happening to me? Or another one uh, would be like a popular country song by Austin Snell, Pray All the Way Home. It's all about praying after a big mess up and then just expecting life to change because you prayed about it, so it should change now moving forward, even though it keeps doing it over and over again. Is that how prayer works? Is this something you pray and it magically changes things for your future? It's not just with songs we see stuff like this. Movies love to model prayer. Talladega Nights, right? It's like the most popular prayer scene, right? Dear sweet baby Jesus, it's praying at the table. You're picturing baby Jesus when you pray. Or meet the parents, right? Like where it's where it needs to be like this profound monologue. Like that's what a prayer should look like is what movies kind of portray it as. Or Bruce Almighty, like the idea that you say something to God and it just goes to like to him and he categorizes it. Like it's just like spewed at him and it's hard to even see. And then just think of your friends and family and even people in the world today, both the ones who are Christian or not. Like almost everyone says this line, send them our thoughts and prayers or my thoughts and prayers are with you. People love using the prayer emoji for everything, right? Anything they're wishing or hoping for. And this is the general perspective of prayer. I point all this out, not in like some judgy way because I fall into seeing prayer in some of these categories, but, but which ones are right? What really is prayer? And for many who have a faith tradition, like, you might just respond with, like, is it just communicating to God? Just communicating to God. But what does that even mean, right? Like, you speak out loud to, to, to someone in your mind or, like, someone in your, in your head, like, and you don't see them. And then what do you say to them? Like, a wish list? Like, hey, God, like, I could really go for a parking spot because it's cold and I'd love to get in. Like, I'd love a good night's sleep. Maybe, maybe a six-pack of abs or a drink of some sort. Maybe a day off, right? Like, like that? That's what you say to God? Silly, but I think these are real questions we have. I'm exaggerating as I don't typically pray for abs or, or a drink, but prayer tends to be like this wishing well for us. I say all this because I want to be real and raw with you today about what prayer is and what should it be, especially if you want to get rooted in it. There's got to be more to it based off of what we see in the Bible and how Jesus uh, interacted with it. And P.S. there is. But if you're a Christian in the room, Prayer is this thing that a majority of us would say, yeah, it's super important for, for Christians. It's important. Like, you and I need to do it. It's important. And we act like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. It's an important part of my life. But when you start reflecting on your prayer life, it many times comes with guilt because it's like this thing most of us know it's important to do, but we don't. Some of you are maybe over here on the spectrum of like, yeah, I pray often. Uh, like you're this prayer warrior and it's, it's just so like you feel so connected to God and that's amazing. I'm so excited for you, but you're far and few in between. Then there's some people on the other end of the spectrum that are like, I don't pray. <laughs> no, that's not me for me. And then some of you are in the middle. A lot of us are in the middle where it's like, you know, I know it's important, but I don't really do it often. At least that's been a lot of my experience with prayer. Honestly, I think Many of us are in the spot because we don't feel it does much. Now, whoo, that's my vent session. I'm over with it. I'm done venting with you about prayer. But longtime Christian or not in the room, I think we all have curious questions about prayer and would love to be more rooted in it and understand it better. So what we're going to do today is we're going to 
Uh, we're not going to just vent and ask questions, but what I hope to give you is help you understand what prayer is, reasons to do it, tools to do it, and then practical ways to start today. And I want to break it down with like some of the basics to all the way like kind of an intense application that I know some of you need to start training towards now. Because if we really want to get rooted in faith, prayer is one of those things we should be pursuing and it shouldn't be lackluster. So we're going to start with the first category of like understanding prayer. Like what is it? What is prayer? The Bible doesn't give us like a category of like, here, here's a definition of prayer. But what we can do is look at scripture and formulate ideas. And this is what two kind of prominent evangelists described it as. Billy Graham says, prayer is spiritual communication between man and God, a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father. It is natural for a child to ask his father for the things he needs. And then Tim Keller, another pastor, he says this, prayer is conscious personal communication with the God of the universe. So bluntly put, it's communication with God. That's what prayer is. It could be aloud. It could be in your head. It could be with a group. It could be by yourself. It could be on your knees, in your car, standing up, laying down. It's communication. The first time someone actually personally communicates with God by their own doing in Scripture is in Genesis 4, 26. It's, it's kind of the model or where we start to see this happen. It says, To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So Seth is Adam and Eve's son. It's their third son because the first two, well, Cain and Abel, they had an issue with murder. Um, but, we, but we don't know much about Seth other than the fact that he had a son who started to get his people to start to call on the name of God or pray. And we see that this continues on after Seth's people start following this. Like, here's just like a scrolling through all the different scriptures in the Bible. There's 650 times that this happens. So it's countless times, actually not really, since someone counted that 650 times people pray to God. But in the mix of some of those times includes Jesus praying. He's our model of prayer and how we can do it. And Jesus says this to his disciples and listeners about prayer. He says, when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. If your for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is the direction to Jesus' disciples and listeners. He's teaching this, which is interesting because like when we look at that, Jesus automatically assumes his disciples would pray. He, not, he knew everyone would eventually pray in some sense to God or something up there. Like that Sam Smith song goes, right? We eventually call out to God. But now, let's just pause here for a second. Knowing all of this and that it's communication to God, if you didn't have any experience with prayer before today and you knew you could directly communicate with the God of the universe by this thing called prayer, you'd be like, sign me up. Sign me up. Like, I'm in. I'd love to be in the presence of God. I got questions. I got things I want to communicate with him. I'd love to know. But then many of us do it or have done it, and we're like, ah, I'm good. Nah, it's not really for me. It can seem to be like a bit of a letdown when we, when we really know what it is. Kind of like kind of like when you come home and you smell cookies, you see them, you're stoked about them, and you bite into them, and your wife's like, those don't have sugar or flour. Spew, right? Oh, right? That's not really my thing. Today I want to get rid of the spewing and the oh when it comes to prayer. And start talking about the why. Why or the reason to pray and communicate with God? 
even if it's a bit different than other communication you do today. And the reasons that you can start praying or should start praying is you have access to God. It's your relationship with the person of God, and it helps you relieve stress and refocus your mind. Now, if we look at these briefly, whether we are getting the type of response we want or not, if you have access to the God of the universe, wouldn't you do it or use it? Like scripture tells us in 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We can ask and he hears us. How amazing is that? If you believe God's word is true or that verse is true, you have to believe that when we call out to God, he actually hears us. Now, whether we experience the response we want or get the type of response we're desiring or not, can be frustrating. But scripture says we can go to the God of the universe and know he hears us. How scripture describes him is a listener like a perfect, loving father. So we have to think he wants to respond positively to us when we pray to him. I have two little girls at home, and so I'm a father. And when they share with me like what they want, I want to give it to them. I really do. I, I really want to give them what they're asking for. Now, do I give them everything they ask? No. But at home, I'm the soft parent. I'm the soft parent. Like, you know what I mean by the soft parent. Like, I'm the one that's going to cave most likely of the, of the two parents. Like, Sydney and I, my wife, we are a team. We are absolutely a team. But my oldest knows that, like, eh, dad's a little lighter on this, right? So, like, she'll come to me usually first. Like, what about if we leave? I think we should have some cookies, right? Or what if we pick some? chocolate milk like it's always like exactly like really big deal or let's jump from here to there let's try it it's always whispered with her like don't come out here but she asks and i want to give her these things and sometimes i do but sometimes it's a flat out no even as the soft parent if i gave my immature daughter everything she wanted she'd be overweight puking her brains out her eyes would be destroyed because she wants tv all the time and she'd probably be injured and when it's a no, sometimes she's like, whatever, it's accepting of it. But sometimes she explodes. She explodes. This is so childish of a response from her. But it's also how we respond to God today at times. We have access to the God of the universe. And scripture says he hears us. And sometimes we feel his direction or response back, like this positive, affirming response from God. It could be this open door or this 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 new like comment you heard from someone and just means everything to you based off of what you're praying or this inner feeling that this is what you should do. But sometimes you get a no because we just don't see the implications of, of what we want being actually bad for us or not part of God's ultimate plan. And we respond with whatever sometimes, but sometimes we're so mad and emotional in response to it that it's, it's true, but we're also just immature because we're not as fully matured as God and seeing the full picture that he is. Like if I'm a good dad, I want to give really good things to my daughters. What do you think a perfect father wants to give to us? Like God wants to do for us amazing things. We have to believe he really does want to bless us even when everything in us is so angry at God's response. Matthew 7 and 11, it says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Our prayers are telling God what we want and desire, and he wants to hear them like a good father does. We have access to God by this prayer, sharing our wants and needs and desires and hopes and dreams. And sometimes it's a yes from him, sometimes it's a no, and sometimes it's a wait. But in his full view of the world and maturity, we just might not get what we want in response. You might be like, what's the point then? What's the point? Like, if he's just going to do the, the mature thing, like, what's the point of praying? Well, sometimes, sometimes God is actually moved by us. Like, there are examples in Scripture where prayers change things. It's crazy, right? Uh, without doing, like, a deep dive into this, as that could be a full sermon. But you need to know, like, God, he's outside of time, right? He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. But the Bible gives us the end, how things will end for all people in the world with God winning and us being eventually in eternity with God. But the time between now and that end, God might be swayed. He, he might be swayed to intervene or do something different because of our prayers and desires. Let me just give you a little glance at this or a time of this in the book of Exodus. Um, after the Israelites like were enslaved by the Egyptians, God uses Moses to 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 free them and get their freedom and bring them to this promised land. Well, in response to that freedom, the Israelites, they make a gold statue to worship instead of God. And then they have an all-night party just doing all the party things, the sinful things, right? So God confronts Moses, their leader, and he tells them his wrath will burn hot against them and consume them. So Moses responds or calls out or prays to God, Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offspring, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Moses' prayer changes the outcome. That's crazy, right? Without Moses' prayer, God would have destroyed these people. Was God just like having an off day there, right? Like just needed a reminder, like, just chill out, man. Just chill. Like it's going to be fine. Like cool down. Don't get, don't get so angry. No, I don't think that was the case at all. I personally think God is greater than that. I think what it shows is God desperately wants us to step in and pray about our desires, he wants us to play the role of Moses and yearn for peace and good and grace for all people and partner with him in his ways by praying for those things. Meaning we are the means to helping bring forward what is ultimately good and right and moving God's purposes by asking him to. God's mission and purposes, they'll, they'll never change. His ways will never change. But how he goes about to making them happen, I believe he wants us to intercede and participate with him in determining how to get there. Are you doing that today? As you think for you right now, like maybe you're not like Moses praying for a specific people group, but maybe maybe you're praying for your family and your family's sake. Like praying God heals or teaches that person in your family, like just shows up in a, in a way that you know is right for that person. Or, or maybe for your church or your church's sake. Or maybe your nation or your workplace. Are you trying and praying to bring forward his good and purposes and praying for those things. Sure, he might not respond the way you want, right? He might not. 
But unlike an earthly father like myself or any parent who wants to just be like, enough, I'm sick of you begging for this thing. I'm sick of it. I'm done. God says, pray about everything. Uh, it says this in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about everything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. God wants you to pray about everything because he wants this relationship with you. He isn't just this idealistic framework to think about, but he's a person. And prayer, if we go to the second reason to pray, is it's your relationship with the person of God. It helps build the relationship with the person of God. The mind shift of praying to a person, the person of God, who you are to have an intimate relationship with, instead of this trophy or this view of like values or idealistic things, who is unknowable personally, is life-changing to focus on the person of God. I'm a very pragmatic person. Like I like structure. I love like do these things for God, live this way, uh, follow this mission, and you're good. I love that. I, I would love that. But God isn't one who's just values and directions. He's a person. When I pray, or you pray, we're not just praying to a set of values and ideas. We're praying to the person or character of God who we're created in the image of. This person who sure is is of another dimension, doesn't communicate the way like other humans maybe interact with us on, but he's one who desperately wants a relationship with us. And without communication attempt on our end, there is no relationship because God is the king, right? And he wants us to freely choose him. So if God made himself like so clearly visible to everyone here on earth, why would anyone not choose him? It'd be so obvious we'd have to, and it wouldn't be a real or free choice then. So how it works with God is he wants us to pursue him and pursue the relationship with him, and then he shows up. So when I pray or go to be in the presence of God, speaking to him, I'm building that relationship, the connection. And whether I feel this immediate response from him or not, that could be a sense of peace. It could be a thought that comes to mind. It could just be silence and rest. But either way, I'm in the process of building that personal relationship with God. And God will honor that attempt. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. God's not just an ideal. He's a person. And the more time you knock, seek, and ask for closeness by pushing yourself to spend time in prayer, getting to know the person of God, the greater the relationship will be for you. So when you pray, are you praying just towards a bunch of ideals or ideas of God? Or are you praying to know the person of God and have a connection with him? Finally, the last reason that you can start praying, or another reason to prompt you to start praying is, it helps you relieve stress and refocus your mind. When we pray, our mind reorganizes. It becomes less stressed and experiences more peace. Like research has been done. It, it, it shows that like uh, when you pray, like it can lead to a lower heart rate, reduce muscle tension, slower breathing rate. It also shows that like you just tend to like have like more relaxation. Is it coincidence that you will experience less stress when you take time to think about what's going on in your life? When something is out of control instead of worrying, like is that coincidence that that's what God wants us to do, but like science is discovering that that, that helps us actually, right? Scientists are not just discovering this is helpful, but God spoke about that thousands of years ago. Um, when we give away our hurts and, and share things with them and take time to focus, it resolves a lot of stress. Again, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything except pray about everything. 
talk about what you need and thank him for all he's done. Research today is, is pointing to people who pray experience less stress in their lives. So at the very least, get yourself rooted in prayer, maybe just for that, right? Like it's not the most Christian reason to start, but at least it could be a start for you to get you started on that process of it. So maybe for you, just choosing to think and involve God in your mind and thoughts for a minute, a minute each day could be what it takes to experience less worry and stress, especially if you just want to start getting rooted in prayer. The habit of taking God or taking time to process with God or or even anyone can be such a beneficial practice. Uh, lately, Sydney and I will watch like a movie. My wife, Sydney, and I will watch a movie like a rom-com or something like that. Um, like Click. Anyone remember Click? It was a fun movie. It was fun. It was like it was like fun, cheesy. But then it had like you know they had the, like the scene like where you're like oh we should we should maybe change that about us you know like maybe that'd be good for our family like all these movies right like maybe that'd be good if we implemented that in our lives and I started like processing like like maybe that that thought that could like be good for us but then squirrel like right like movie's done thoughts over disappeared is literally what happens it seems for like a lot of different thoughts. But when we take a moment to intentionally, like again, with just a person, intentionally take the moment to pause, talk it out, not even knowing like really what I'm thinking, but like just talk out like I'm feeling this thing and not really knowing what's going on, but just taking the time to do that with someone else, it reorganizes and focuses your mind. Again, you could do that with God. You can reorganize your thoughts and life and direction and hope and dreams and purposes when you take that time and go to him with it. Today, to get yourself rooted in prayer, which reason do you need to start focusing on? Maybe it's because of the access to him. Maybe it's because you want a re relationship with that personal person of God. Or maybe it helps you relieve stress and refocus your mind. Maybe you just need to start with that bottom one, right? To just get you going today. But take but take some time to start doing that. Now, I want to go to our last two sections. And the last two sections with the next one being how to do it. How to pray. Simply speaking to God. And then scripture's guidance. These are two ways that you can you can start to pray. Uh, maybe you can start by just taking 30 seconds, speaking to God, hey God, blah, right? And just like starting to talk to him for the first time. It could be vocally. It could be internally. It could be out loud. And like, I, I recommend putting headphones in so people are like, oh, that must be on the phone instead of like just talking randomly to yourself, right? It makes people not think you're crazy. But then speak to him. Here's what's going on in my life. Help me, God. Help me understand. Guide me in this. doesn't have to be fancy or religious. Again, Jesus even said, don't do that. But God wants a relationship with you. So start with literally, hey, what's up, dear Heavenly Father? Whatever it is for you, because God wants a personal relationship with you. It can be private. It can be in a group. It can be with your spouse. It can be with your family. It can be with whoever. Just start speaking to him. We, even, we have a prayer ministry here at the back corner there where people want to pray with you, help you go to God to start praying or, or maybe praying about something that just is like weighty in your, in your mind, in your heart, and they want to pray with you. Maybe you even want to be one of the people that are at the prayer station praying with others and helping them in that. But start speaking to God. The next way you can start praying is through a specific scriptural example, such as the Lord's Prayer is like one very prime example. Anyone memorize this growing up? All right, a few of you. Anyone struggle with memorizing it? Like there's some different like translations of it, different versions, but I've never heard this one. Check it out. Fine, I'm happy to. <clears throat> Our Father, Art, who is up in heaven, 
aloe vera be thy name. The thigh. Thy kingdom, the magic kingdom, as it is on earth in the helicopter. This is meant to be silly, but... But for clarification, I thought we'd read it together on the screen, or you could say it with me. Maybe you have a different version, but let's say it like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We get this prayer from the teachings of Jesus because his disciples later on asked, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us. And I actually, I did a whole sermon series on like breaking this prayer down to help you in that. And you can check that out on our YouTube page. But it's this powerful prayer, not meant to just be repeated mindlessly or just memorize to memorize, but actually to help you process God's ways daily and to listen for him in your life. Like, without going into too much depth in it, because I know I'm kind of running out of time here, but there are two big parts to that prayer that I think can be this amazing reminder for you when it comes to praying and being rooted in faith. The first part of that prayer is all about God. Our Father, your name reign, uh, your kingdom come, right? Like, are some of the phrases all about God. The Lord's Prayer is, is, is us praying, let that be what I value, you be what I value, and and when we say those parts, we're reminding ourselves about that, of what it's all about. God is what it's all about. That's the first part. But then it shifts to the second part, which is all us, essentially. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us, uh, help us forgive our trespassers. Get us out of temptation. It's meant to shift us from first acknowledging God and his ways... But then to the second part, the actual doing of it today, the personal action, and how we bring that first part forth. Again, for example, like we're to use this day for God is what we're praying. We're not to get caught up in our big wants, but our daily bread is, should be our, our only focus on, uh, for, for that type of thing. We should forgive others is what that prayer is, is showing us. And we should look at what we're tempted to and seek God's guidance to get us through it. Are you doing those things right now? Acknowledging the first part, like God, your kingdom, you, you're, you're reigning at the beginning. But then living out the second part. And this was taught, when Jesus taught this originally, a traditional Jew uh, would have been familiar with probably praying about three times a day. Uh, and like you can see this, like actually in the, there's a psalm that talks about evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress or pray to you. Um, so that was like very typical back then. So when Jesus taught that, that's maybe what people were doing. Is they're like, oh, I guess we're going to start doing this three times a day. Morning, noon, and evening. Think about if you did that prayer three times a day for a second. Like, just think about that. If you started your day with reminding yourself of God's kingdom and then applying it to your life. In the middle of the day, like when you're in the midst of like dealing with customers or coworkers or crabby kids or whatever it is that you're dealing with, but then still applying that, right? And then at the end of the day, when you're tired and crabby, like you're just ready to like lay on the couch, but you remember that prayer. Can you imagine what that would do to your life, your decisions, your relationships? Psychologists, they state that what your first and last thoughts of the day are 
They should be positive because it'll change your life completely. So hearing that might be incentive enough to just pray those two times a day, right? To start that. But maybe if you added that middle one into the day, like realistically, like if you added that into the middle of the day, right? Imagine what that would do with like how you live and forgive or combat temptation or the wrong choice that's available, right? I think it would change everything drastically. Would doing more of that bring about a reason to get more rooted in prayer? Absolutely, right? And that's just the Lord's Prayer. That's just one example from Scripture. But you can also pray a number of different ways. You can pray a psalm. There's a ton of prayers that people wrote, and you can read in the Bible and pray that to God. You can look at what leaders prayed, and you can pray that to God based off of your circumstance. They all could be great. Those are just options for prayers. But for my last three minutes with you, I want to give you some ways you could start today. Start your day. Maybe first for you is just start talking to him. Start talking to him. You don't even have to like leave bed to do that. You can lay in your bed, open up with like, hey God, help me like get up today. Help me like just like follow you and pursue you. Help me look to you and and then maybe listen for a few seconds and then be done. That, that could be an amazing start for you. Maybe you pray with someone is another option. Your family at dinner, maybe with your spouse at night. It keeps you accountable. Other people will remind you, like your kids will be like, why are we praying this dinner, dad? Right? Like it's this reminder for you. It's this accountability. Or maybe for you, it's, it's praying three times a day. Like I just said, maybe it's the Lord's Prayer or something else. Or lastly, maybe it's praying unceasingly, as in just keeping this constant dialogue with God open. This last one is the one I am working on and doing personally. And I want to prompt maybe some of you to do it as well. Um, how I do it is with post-its. And there's a lot of options of how to do it. I stole this idea from someone else, but I'm a big pocket person. Like I put a lot of things in my pocket, like receipts and wrappers and my phone and my keys, like everything goes in my pockets. And how I do it is with these, these post-its. And, uh, and I guess maybe like I, it's a man thing that I put in my pocket because I don't carry immerse, but, but it's like this thing I always have in my pocket. I put a post-it in my pocket and I, I start my morning with it. And I've been writing down my prayers on a post-it in the morning. And, and it's just like something like I can tug on, I can feel, I can pull out, I can look at. Sometimes it just gets tossed in the laundry, but like what I wrote, like, so this is this morning, like my family health, like we've been sick in our household. Like I'm praying for God's leadership as a person. I'm praying for some specific people. I wrote their names on here. I want to keep it for privacy reason, but I've been praying for them. Uh, I have like, um, we have a new baby coming. Uh, my wife's pregnant. So it's like, I'm praying for that. Like that goes smoothly. I'm praying for people that are in the cold. I, I know there's people that are homeless that in this cold weather, like I just pray that God makes something available to them or figure something out. I pray for his kingdom to come. I pray for my mind because I'm stressed a lot lately. But I'll add to that. I'll have that with me. I tug on it. And like, like again, some days it just literally goes into the wash. But it's this reminder of what I'm praying for all day. Maybe you want to try that. I, I even got you some post-it notes that you can take with you. They're at the Welcome Center. If maybe that's the route for you, it doesn't have to be that. But maybe that's something you can try as well to pray unceasingly. But whether you do this tactic or not, or any of the ones I suggested, the one thing we aren't just trying is embracing the habit of some sort of prayer in your life today. Prayer builds the relationship with God. It changes things and it refocuses our minds. There's so many reasons to do it. But now it comes to, will you do it? Will you prioritize it? I'm going to pray that we do, and I'm going to pray that God helps us do it, but I'm also going to pray for the people who have never felt like they've ever really talked to God personally before. Like 
they've never really started a relationship with God. Like, like you are all for training in this prayer thing. Like you're like, yeah, I'm up for trying this. Like I, after this message, I'm, I want to try this. But you first, I, I, I want to help you make sure that you still first have a relationship with God. And so what I'm going to do is part of that prayer is I'm going to say something that you can repeat in your head to God. And it's just this dialogue between you and God. And you can say this to become a Christian and start listening for his voice and his will and his direction. Would you pray with me, all of you, as I close this in that and ask for God to help us have a relationship with him and then also help us in our prayers. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just your direction. Thank you for just the opportunity to speak to you. God, some of us right now, we have never spoken to you. We've never pursued you in prayer in, in, in a meaningful way or as the person of God. God, so right now, some of us are saying, like, we know that we've messed up. We're messy people. But God, some of us right now are saying, God, we know that you forgive us because of your son, Jesus. But God, we, we want to live for you. We want a connection with you. We want to chase your ideals. So God, I just pray you help us with that. And help us have this meaningful connection where we can hear your voice and pursue you. God, and then some of us, we've, we've been trying prayers or we, we, we pray often, but it just seems to go out the window sometimes. God, I just pray that you have prayer be meaningful to us and be something we train with and have it be consistent in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.